Shrink Wrap Radio number 836, psychoanalyst Leanne Domash on graphic novels as a resource for psychological healing. And now it's time for Dr. Dave and Shrink Wrap Radio. Radio, all the psychology you need to know when just enough to make it dangerous, it's all in your head. And now here's your host, Dr. Dave. My guest today is psychoanalyst Leanne Domash, Ph.D., who along with her co-author Terry Marks Tarlow, Ph.D., are the authors of The Eel and the Blowfish, a graphic novel of dreams, trauma, and healing. We'll be discussing the book and the advent of this new therapeutic modality. Now, here's the interview. Dr. Leanne Domash, welcome back to Shrinkwrap Radio. Thank you. Yes, I say welcome back because... We actually spoke a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, on uh, imagination, creativity, and spirituality in psychotherapy. And uh, today we're going to be talking about your new book, um, which touches on those topics as well. Yes. And uh, it's and the new book with co-author uh, Terry Marks Harlow, Ph.D., is the title is The Eel and the Blowfish, a graphic novel of dreams, trauma, and healing. And I actually have a copy of it. I don't know how well it's going to show up in the camera, but just to give people a little bit of an idea, those who are watching this on video, let's see, can I get the, yeah, this is coming up. Well, what happened to... Uh, yeah, move it. Back, maybe it looks blurry. Yeah. Oh, it's blurry. Yeah, it's it's not liking it. The camera's not liking, not doing a good job. So, do you have a copy on your on your end that you could show? I do, I do, and I also have a JPEG that's a very good copy, a very good high resolution of the cover. But. Uh, yeah, I don't think I want to take time to mess with that, but if you have the okay, book handy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is any better. Yeah, your camera is picking it up fine. So that gives people an idea. Maybe yeah. show what the in insides look like. Uh, give us a glimpse of that because it's got all this wonderful artwork. 
Here's one. Yeah, this great. Is great. Okay, good. Yeah. Here they are talking to each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, well, we're going to be taking a, a deep dive into this. Um, so what's the story about this book? The back uh, behind the yeah, that's what I meant behind this book. Well, um, it's interesting. It's all full of all kinds of synchronicities because Terry Marks Tarlow, uh, whom I think you've had on too. Uh, I don't at, think so. No, okay. Um, she uh, and I were supposed to meet because she was going to come to New York and I was going to host her, and that didn't happen. For when she was speaking at a conference. And then I kept following her work and I realized that we we thought so much alike that I wrote her an email and I said, we have to meet. We're on the yeah. same wavelength. And so again, synchronistically, she was coming to New York in a couple of weeks because she lives in LA. And we got together and we spent a lot of time together and kept in touch and I proposed this graphic novel to her. Now I had never written a graphic novel and I had never really attempted this kind of form, but I just had a feeling that it would be a fun thing to do. And it would be a way to present something to both clinicians and patients in a playful way that would allow you to discuss a very heavy topic and reduce the anxiety of the reader. And so we started collaborating and then COVID happened. And this, we played with this novel throughout COVID many, many hours a week. Like I wouldn't even tell you the number of hours we spent. <laughs> I, I can believe it. It's I can believe it. Because um, we, neither one of us had done anything like this before. So we tried many different formats. We made it into a movie, which was going to be in the book. And then we thought that was too complicated. And but we kept some of the ideas of a movie, like the different angles. I don't know if you noticed, but we had many angles, like sometimes very close up, sometimes aerial shots, sometimes face on. And um, so we went through many iterations of this and, and just kept working and we kind of finished it um, about a year ago. Okay. And is there a history of graphic novels being used for psychotherapeutic uses? Not quite for psychotherapeutic uses, but there is a new field called graphic medicine, where they present really? many, um, many illnesses graphically, because they think patients can understand and be less anxious about it. And yeah. many nurses and um, medical people this is a new field and there's a new newsletter called graphic medicine and they they featured us in one of their issues uh but yet yeah, it's in that line and so um it's it's becoming more popular but i haven't seen any psychotherapy graphic novels except ours well that's great that makes you uh, real pioneers one thing that came to mind, but I guess it doesn't fit in, was I remember uh, they were called zines, maybe yeah, in the set in the seventies, yeah, mag, yeah, yeah, and sort of online attempts at magazines. 
that I think were very primitive at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe people were working through their psychological issues in the process of creating those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so there might be just a little bit of history there, but it really makes so much sense to me. Um, in what ways do you, well, first of all, do you, uh, who's the intended audience for this book? I think you can uh, Well, clinicians could use it. And, you know, if, uh, some clinicians have discussed with us how they're using it. Some give it to their patients if, because they feel their patients could use it and then they discuss it. Some yeah. people who run groups just open it up to a page to spark discussion in the group. Uh-huh. Uh, Clever. groups of trauma survivors um so it's for clinicians it's for patients it's for anybody who's had trauma who may want to go through the book and then perhaps seek therapy and it's also for the family and friends of trauma uh-huh. sufferers to understand what they have gone through yeah do you have a sense of the age range that uh yeah, it has to be an adult. Mind. Yeah, and it has Adults. to be 21 and up. Yeah, uh, or maybe 21. even college. Well, college yeah. and up. Yeah, okay. And um, have you received any, I guess you've gotten feedback from therapists. Yeah. And, and you've told us some of, the, some of what you've learned about how they're using it. Have you had any feedback from actual patients? I haven't. No, not yet. I think Terry may have had, uh, may have given it to, we do know of people who are giving it to their patients, like people write to us and say they're buying some copies for their patients, but but we never got feedback from them as to how that went. Maybe we should write to them. That would be a good idea. Yeah. And I've already been, when we began giving you a a little bit of my own feedback, Mm -hmm. which is I was, I'm reading challenged, unfortunately, which makes it hard because I, almost everybody I interview is an author and uh, I'm not really able to read. It's rare that I could read a whole book, you know, uh, Mm like, and so I was actually able to read this whole book because it, you know, it's written in a simple way. The, the language is simple, although the language wouldn't have been a challenge. But, uh, mm-hmm. but the but um, but it's inviting, and um, so I to me it was great to be able to read the whole thing and not have to kind of fake it by spot reading as I as I usually do. I do a good job of it, I think, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think my limitations. I think it's very playful, and I think it does invite the reader for that reason. Um, Also, just uh, to add to what you said, I've read that images that if you read something with only text in three days, you're going to remember ten percent of it. If you read things with text and relevant images you're going to remember 65% of it in three days. So this is a wonderful medium for helping somebody retain what they're reading. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
and uh, particularly when you think that about it, uh, what you're writing about is trauma, and in this case, sexual trauma. We'll say more about that. Um, there would be some some inner resistance, maybe, to to remember to remembering things. You know, just like there would be in the therapy itself. Uh, right. It might uh, might be a little bit threatening to to remember with total clarity or very long. Yeah. Uh, so you know we've kind of hinted at, at what it's about. Take us through the book storyline, if you will. Give us a well, sense of that. Um, yeah, uh, the heroine is a woman named Tony, and she has a best friend Lulu, and. Uh, the book starts with the the book is is full of dreams, which is one of my deep interests. So um, it starts with a dream where, well, I'm a little ambivalent because shall I just give away the whole story? I mean, or what? Uh, no, no, don't don't give away the whole story. Uh, so okay. I can just Tell say us that, some more, but <laughs> but not too much. <laughs> I'll be judicious. Okay, it it opens with a dream where, which is a magical kind of dream where she gets transformed into a blowfish, hence the title, and yeah. her brother gets transformed into an eel, and and then she smashes him to bits. She wakes up very anxious. Um. So it's the story of her overcoming a one-time event of sibling incest. So she wakes up, she's very upset that she killed him even though she hates him and she loves him also. So she, the book highlights the importance both of friendship and psychotherapy in dealing with trauma. So she has a best friend who really helps her regulate herself, but convinces her to bring this dream to her therapist. So we have a therapist who has sessions with her, including dream work sessions with a special technique called embodied imagination, which is where you embody the images. You sense yeah. the images in your dream in the body. And so through all that, she recovers enough that she goes to um and she goes to confront her brother whom she hasn't seen in years with yeah, her years later so this the book kind of spans a period of years and yeah. and these and these relationships and also there are uh didactic elements mm -hmm. uh, teach teaching elements to, to, to bring everybody on board about uh, the role of dreams and uh, some dream techniques, and which you've alluded to one already. And so there are these uh, didactic nuggets that that bring the person on board to the rationale behind all of this, yeah, this work. Another and, and, the, yeah, another one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and... and uh, the therapist, interestingly, is named Dr. Young, Y-O-U-N-G, which uh, I recognize as a pun right. on Carl Jung. <laughs> and indeed, uh, there's a lot of sort of Jungian ideas 
uh, yeah. in the approach here. And um, and by the way, we, we didn't mention, you know, you're a, you're a psychoanalyst, psychologist, psychoanalyst, and so mm-hmm. is Terry Marks Tarlow. Uh, so uh, people should know that she also uh, has this the similar background or same background. And uh, so no wonder the two of you hit it off to such a degree. Yeah. And um, so how did you get the idea for this particular story? Uh, was it all fabricated or was it a, uh, a, a mushing together of multiple patients? Um, it was all fabricated. Pure, pure, pure inspiration. <laughs> it was all fabricated. And uh, I had some of these dreams myself oh. that I put in the book. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. So I would try to dream for the book. Uh huh. And wow. uh, yeah, so this is completely fabricated. Okay. When you say but, you would try to dream for for the book, so you're not saying that you had the same sexual trauma that the book no, describes? No, not at all, no. Okay. But I just tried to feel into the characters and uh-huh. what they dream like. And that's part of embodied imagination, like actors use it to feel into the character they're playing. And I was trying to feel into these characters. Yeah. So what do you think makes this book therapeutic, the story therapeutic? Well, I think that the images, just like therapeutic theater, these images give the reader therapeutic distance, aesthetic distance, I meant. So you can step back from what you're going through. You you don't, you're not as it's it's not you it's the character yeah yeah so it gives you sufficient distance to work through issues just like therapeutic theater you identify with the characters but you know you're not the character on stage going through it yeah so that's one thing i think also it's very playful and i think if you can get people who have undergone trauma to play in any way that begins to address the trauma because it Uh begins to heal the imagination. The imagination then helps you be more flexible so you can find ways to deal with it. New perspectives, reframing and things like that. So I think um, the playfulness, the distance, um, they can also see how therapy works and that might encourage them to go to therapy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, this puts me in mind, of, uh, I think that literature generally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, novels, fiction, um, you know, why do we read fiction? And I, why did I read tons of fiction in college? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- I think a lot of it was a vicarious working through, probably, of, of issues. And mm-hmm. 
I watched the Academy Awards recently, the Academy Awards nominations, and and the and more particularly the BAFTA, the British version of mm-hmm. the Academy Awards, <clears throat> much more dignified. And um, there is a, a very upsetting movie that, uh, and I don't know if you've had occasion to see it yet or not, or if you'll want to. <clears throat> Uh, called um, oh boy, don't don't block on it now. Ishran, the okay, I'm blocking on one of the the key words here, but it's it's an Irish movie, and um, and it's an upsetting movie. A, a a lot a lot of the story hinges around the fact that these people live on a, on an island so they're very isolated there are very few people there not a lot of relationships and the character that's played by colin farrell he has a, there's this other character that that he's been buddies with and that they would chat with they have chats and uh and this one older character decides that he doesn't want to chat anymore, that it doesn't mm. meet his needs. And Colin Farrell struggling with, what's what's wrong with me? What's what's the problem with me that you don't want to chat with me? There's hardly anybody here for us to talk to. And we've talked this way for years. So that's the beginning of a, of a tragic element. And uh, I don't want to give away too much of the movie, but I'll say that the character who doesn't want to be talked to ends up uh, trying to get the message through to him forcefully to the extent that he engages in some rather dramatic self-mutilation to just get this guy, get get the message across. So this is this movie is a heavy pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. And as I thought about it, it put me in mind of Greek tragedy mm-hmm. and of of the therapeutic role, I think. Now, Greek, tra- you know, those aren't happy stories, the tragedies, and yet they're signif- we hold them as significant literature and as significant theater experience. Mm-hmm. So when I reframed it for myself in that way, I felt better about the whole thing, and I saw this really as fitting into uh, you know an archetypal program of of um the banshees that's the word the banshees of Isharan is the title mm-hmm. mm, no wonder you couldn't remember it <laughs> what a weird title <laughs> yeah uh you might want to check it you might or might not want to check out i've given you enough to make up your mind <laughs> i guess it would be arch- archetypal in that We've all experienced these desertions and abandonments in life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's heavy duty. And so I think, you know, so I think that your book kind of falls into that category now. Now, uh, in in the case of this story, it involves uh, sexual trauma. It involves incest. And um, there are many other sorts of trauma out there so uh, that this doesn't address. Right. And uh, so 
what are your thoughts about that? Is it going to be a whole series <laughs> that you're going to write? How um, generalizable do you think it is? I think it is generalizable because it's uh, it really prevents presents universal ways of dealing with this. Uh, there's the the total dysregulation that comes after the trauma. There's how do you regulate yourself and get into that comfort zone of the window of tolerance, which is another uh, educational graphic we put in the book. Uh, you can do it through therapy. You can do it with friendship. And then what can you, you know, do you confront the person who abused you or traumatized you or not? Is there forgiveness or not? There doesn't have to be, but there could be. Um, how does therapy help you with this? These are universal themes for, I think, many forms of trauma that this touches on. Okay. What do you think about the idea of <laughs> of writing more more such books, you know, that for other kinds of trauma, there, there's the trauma of this complex trauma, which this, this fits the pattern pretty well. Uh, <clears throat> but there's also uh, uh, the trauma resulting from war. Oh my God. Various, various versions of that, you know, which would have some, some real differences. Yeah, that my, would be my, a great my, idea. Right now, Terry and I are embarking on a new, very ambitious book. So <laughs> we're taking, we're, we're, uh, which, which incorporates aspects of neuroscience and spirituality. She's, she likes to, come at things from a scientific point of view and I come at it from a more spiritual point of view and we're kind of inter integrating them. Yeah. yeah, great. But I agree with you. It could be a series and that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, you have your homework now. I, you know, knowing your interest in, in uh, and I wanted to ask you how you see this uh, this approach evolving in the future? And maybe you've answered that to some degree. Uh, which approach? You mean the graphic novel approach? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Well, I think it could be used with, ch there could be a series of graphic novels for children that's could be very interesting mm -hmm. and, and hope with various problems. There could be other types of more distinct types of like this would apply to any kind of sexual or physical trauma, I feel. But if you want to talk about trauma from war and uh, trauma of abandonment, trauma of immigration, these kinds of things that you could do more books like that. Yeah. Uh, I have wanted to do a children's series because I, it's such a natural. And Indeed. they love novels. Indeed. I, because of your interest in uh, in Jungian therapy and your interest in dreams, I'm wondering: Are you a member of the uh, of IASD, the International Association for the Study of Dreams? I'm not, but I, I know about it, and I probably should become a member. Yeah, because I yeah, know Robert Bosnick talked about it a lot. Yes, That's right. Yeah, Bosnak, who, whose work you credit in the book. Uh, <clears throat> and um, uh, 
Yeah, I, I've been a member there and off and on and a mm-hmm. presenter. And uh, so, and one of the reasons that came to mind was they approached me to help do PR, which I've done in the past, of interviewing mm-hmm. some of some of their keynote speakers on, on podcast. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of hoping, and, and I've been ambivalent about taking that on, uh, finding the time to take take that on this time around. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you were one of the presenters, then I would have killed that, not killed, but you know that that bird <laughs> would have been taken mm-hmm. care of. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think you get a lot out of both being. You should be a presenter. The two of you should present mm-hmm. there, and uh, I'll try to alert them to your existence. And you know, right. I, I suggest I would suggest that you get somebody, uh, a couple of the key people, uh, their copies of your book. I think they'd be mm-hmm. very interested. So we okay, can we can, can follow up on that if, yeah. if you want. Yeah, I would like to. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, is there anything else that we haven't spoken about here that you'd like to mm. squeeze in while you can? Mm. I think maybe the importance of play. That um, it was like. Um, Terry is very fond of tr- talking about fractals, where the these self-similar patterns that are everywhere, like they're in nature, and uh, you, you know, just briefly, you know, the tree has branches, but then each branch has other branches, and they're repetitive patterns, and it's throughout nature, it's inside our body, our lungs have yeah. fractal patterns, our neurons are laid out fractally. So um, we played making this book, but we're hoping the reader will play, have a a chance to play in her mind when she reads the book. But I feel that the playing that we did composing this book, like banished any depression from COVID because we weren't really isolated because we were always communicating. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it we had... Healing, it was healing and sustaining for you two. For us two. And then we hope yeah. it's healing and sustaining for the reader. Yeah, yeah. So it's a kind of self-similar pattern. And, you I know... Forgot to, uh, yeah, I forgot to ask you about the relationship to the artist because the, this book is uh, as much I would say that the artist is as important as the two of you in the the realization of this book well Terry is the artist oh she is yeah she's the artist she did did the drawings and all she did all the drawings I uh, we did a lot of the drawings or most of the drawings in collaboration. Like I knew what the character should look like, what they should wear, the colors I had in mind, and we uh-huh. would talk and then she would create it. And we'd oh, stay. The reason it took so long is that we would stay on the phone the whole time while she was creating it. And I would give my input and I might 
change it. And she, she was very collaborative. Yeah, what a delightful process. It was so much fun. And the colors are so vibrant. Yes, they are. Playfulness of it. And I love the fact that we were able to do it in this large size format. Yeah, me too. I think that's difference. important. Yeah, yeah I think, I that think grabs the I, reader. It, it does. It grabs the reader, grab me, and it, it makes it, as you say, more playful more distinctive, mm-hmm. uh, more, more impactful, right? Uh, and more, I, more, more special. Yeah. And we always wanted the colors to be very bold just yeah, to, yeah. you know, we're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a special book. You know, I think that, uh, it, in a way it'll make a nice coffee table book for, it does. Uh, it's very pretty. People. Yeah. And, and people might, uh, you know, friends might come over if we ever get social again, and uh, <laughs> and people start dropping in. You know, oh, what is this? You know, and spark some conversation. Well, Doctor Leanne Domash, I want to thank you for being my guest again on Shrinkwrap Radio. Thank you. I had spoken with today's guest, Leanne Domash, PhD, previously a couple of years ago on Shrinkwrap Radio number 723 about imagination, creativity, and spirituality in psychotherapy. The occasion for today's interview is her new book, The Eel and the Blowfish, a graphic novel of dreams, trauma, and healing. This new book is a collaboration between her and fellow psychologist-slash-psychoanalyst Terry Marks Tarlow, Ph.D., who also was the artist. And an artist was definitely needed because this book, as the subtitle asserts, is a graphic novel. My hat's off to these two for creating such a powerful, colorful, and innovative book. They are really pioneers because this would seem to be the very first graphic novel that tackles a challenging psychological topic, namely family incest. Their intent is to provide a therapeutic aid that can be integrated into therapy or stand on its own to give support to those who've suffered traumatic sexual assault. Although sexual assault is an inherently heavy topic, the graphic novel format allows them to pull it off with a light touch and while also dealing with therapeutic and even didactic information in an imaginative story format. This miracle was assisted by the large physical size of the volume and by the very colorful artwork with a variety of humorous touches. Leanne let me know that she and Terry made good use of their time during COVID, going over and over it all to refine it and make it the extraordinary tool that it's become. I recommend this book heartily to all therapists and college age or older people who are working through trauma. Once again, it's The Eel and the Blowfish, a graphic novel of dreams, trauma, and healing by Leanne Domash and Terry Marks Tarlow. 
Hi, Dr. Dave. I wanted to thank you for the remarkable podcast series that you've put together. I've been listening for many months now as uh, I run, and uh, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Uh, this is really a remarkable reservoir uh, of information. I do have a check off to you, and I encourage everyone to think about how just valuable your service is. Uh, the book review aspect alone is incredible. Uh, it's really allowed me to focus on what I'd really like to read and buy and to glean the essentials of something that I might have interest in but perhaps not adequate time. As I mentioned, I'm a long-distance runner, and so I listen to you a lot. I find your podcast educational, entertainment, uh, and kind of a secondhand therapy. One of the things I've learned from your podcast is that uh, exercise is as good as meditation, so I guess I get a dose uh, every time I go for a run. Uh, all kidding aside, um, it's just remarkable. Uh, it's a valuable service and a real gift. So uh, I ask everyone to uh, look into their heart, uh, look at their uh, watch and the time that you save them, and uh, look in their wallet uh, and make a contribution so that you can continue doing this good work. Um, thank you so much. As a full-spectrum listener, I really appreciate it. God bless. Thank you, Jan Prynne, long-distance runner and full-spectrum listener. Thanks for becoming a financial donor and encouraging others to follow suit. Once again, time to shrink wrap it up. Thanks to therapist, psychoanalyst, and author Leanne Domesh on graphic novels as a tool for psychological healing. Your book, The Heal, your book, The Eel and the Blowfish, a graphic novel of dreams, trauma, and healing, along with co-author and artist Terry Marks Tarlow is a pioneering contribution to the field. Bravo. Next week will be a surprise because I've fallen behind and haven't lined them up yet. But they'll be good, I assure you. And until then, this is Dr. Dave reminding you to be kind to yourselves, others, and our precious earth. You've been shrink-wrapped by Dr. Dave. All the psychology you need to know, and just enough to make you dangerous.